Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the game streams, website, and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 127 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 30th, 2018, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who has been said to have a voice of a flower, an individual who goes by many different names, Justin Sane 0516. Justin, what guys do you have on for us tonight? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not proud of this one. This one's a stretch. I'm, uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure this one might be bordering on that PG-13 line. <laughs> Pretty hard. It's it's a uh, Asher. I hardly know her, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm, I couldn't because Asher is already a name, and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah, the rest is history. So dun, dun, dun. robot arms, robot Go. arms. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Alongside us, we also have our master of social media. The one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. Are you looking forward to tonight's chat? I am. I even have my armor set on because I worked for like four hours yesterday to get the armor set because I totally didn't forget about Io as a planet and collecting tokens for it. So yeah, I'm ready. I got my (laughs) Asher set on. You know, in hindsight, Asher thanks you for staying away. You know... (laughs) I mean, as crotchety as he seems to be and how grumpy he is most of the time, I don't doubt that statement one bit. At least you knew where I was going with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you can also hear we have our grizzly bearded cultivator of spinfoil himself. Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Well, I think my title should officially be uh, Dropper of Smartphones because that's what I just got done. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm super good at that. I'm I'm super klutzy. Have I ever have I ever mentioned that? I'm like super klutzy. It's like you I'll only have it. one arm. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say that's that's also fair. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no thumb on the on the right hand, and that's kind of my dominant hand. Doesn't help anything. Do you see how it is for typing? It doesn't go well. Anyway, so that's why it takes so long between videos, guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love you. You know, I could probably get more done if I wasn't on this podcast. Bye. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> love you. Oh, man. Well, before we jump into the the community questions, I think you guys wanted to talk about a little bit about the events of this past week, which I will freely admit at the start of this episode, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. There's something called a video game or something that you are playing, and I have been stuck in an office. So I don't Would know you which like one. The history of video games. I, yeah, I let's let's talk about yes. back on like. Uh, oh. 
when did I do that? Like 2010 or something? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think we like did a pretty good videos. job with the, I think we did a pretty good job with the Doom episode talking about the history of video games. That's, that's, that's fair. Maybe we should just reference that. <laughs> just maybe, reference maybe that Maybe you should go back and reference your own voice. <laughs> oh my goodness. As long as we're not referencing Ready Player One and that the history of video oh. games through that, we'll be good. Well, that's, that's more like the history of, of, pop culture and movies mm. more than it is just video games which is it had a lot of video game references in it it did with the time machine sitting there for some odd reason oh right because they could and mm-hmm. who doesn't know that time machine at this point mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a time machine it's a it's a delorean look you okay <laughs> if, uh, if i have to go all doc brown on you right now and be like you know Yes, the the stainless steel construction made time dispersal pr- possible. Then, Listen, then we're gonna we're gonna have a chat. Where we're we going? We don't need snark. Mm. <laughs> but, well, yeah, uh, what was it? One point four. Yeah, one point one point four. One point one point four, or as most people oh, colloquially one. know it, the go fast update. It no. is amazing. Yeah. Million? Don't, don't you mean? Don't you mean gigawatts? The yeah, I was going to say 1.21 gigawatts. That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, um, that was, you know what, matter. though? Okay, so one fox, two fox, three fox put in chat, like, the hunters they put patch. I actually feel like the hunters, I mean, yes, the hunters didn't get a huge buff like mm-hmm. warlocks and titans tend to, but I still feel faster than I did before. But the important you know, question is, can you kill yourself by running into a wall? Not like titans can. Or warlocks. Yeah. Have you seen the mm-hmm. Dawn the Dawn Blade video? <laughs> oh my god! Where he's racing the guy with the sparrow, and mm-hmm. he smacks really? into the wall. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh there, there's yeah. another one where a Dawn Blade actually goes from like the the right side of uh, the 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 shoreline in EDZ, and he goes to the left side of the shoreline in EDZ in one super bar. It is ridiculous. Wow. It yeah. is ridiculous. The amount of space that they can travel now is impressive. And mm. PvP is absolutely terrifying when you hear Dunblade pop. It's like the new Tink Tink. I nope. don't See, we don't need another one of those. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's yes, it's deadly like Tink Tink, but there's still ways around it. Like, I'm quick enough where I can get around a lot of things still. And that's, that's something fair. like. I can get around Nova bombs now. And I don't know if they really gave hunters that much of a bump, but carrying like I'm carrying a submachine gun. I'm actually using that. And that feels good. Auto rifles feel good again. Um, Hand cannons feel pretty good. Even I don't feel like I have to carry Midas sidearm anymore, which is nice. Well, and if I have to be honest from my side of everything from playing the hunter, the the bit that I did on PlayStation, I felt that compared to Titan and Warlock, the Hunter actually had the best of the movement speeds to begin mm-hmm. with. Now they have to get them. Somehow what was that? Hang on, say that, that again. What they? The, <laughs> well, for 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 Crucible, Were you? they had the best of it. <laughs> Were you hunting for the right answer? I think I think he was. Uh, th- this is what happens when you need Keaton Scout. You can't put any other good perks on. Um, wow. Yeah, but have yeah. you used Keen Scout? You don't need any other perks once you have that thing on. <laughs> Look, yeah. I might have I mean, used Keen Scout, but I at least start to learn what a farm yeah. and run is. All right. 
I actually memorize where positions are. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't want to train your memory this way. Yeah, or you no. just want to like, use the on. ghost like they intended. Oh, I was born wait, wait, in the wait, darkness. <laughs> wait a minute. What are, what are these ghosts you talk about? I thought they were just ever ghost Don't mention ghosts around Beard. He gets, he gets sensitive about that. Don't, don't, don't tell me about ghosts. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. You merely adopted it. Mm, can we talk about the the other like newsworthy thing that happened this week? Oh, which... you mean the outrage that? Oh happened? my god! I'm yes, okay absolutely. with calling it an outrage. I'm and the thing mm. is, is it's not Bungie's fault in any way, shape, or form. It's literally no, the limitations. It really it's the limitations of the the way the bot works because what we're talking about is that on Tuesday, right before the turnover of the new week. Uh, the bot called, what was it? Oh gosh, what it's called? Charlemagne, mm-hmm. which uses user data mm-hmm. once they're signed up to track um, faction wars, faction event type stuff, and all sorts of other things, um, said that Future War Cult ended up winning the faction event this time for the first time. Now, yes. there's an addendum to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were 10,000 points listed, at least in Charlemagne, ahead of mm-hmm. all the other factions. The next mm-hmm. closest one was Dio at mm-hmm. 5,000 of a difference. New Monarchy was 10,000 points behind. Right. Now continue your story, Green. So, with that being said, um, I let me also say this. I was super happy about Future War Cult winning because... I want the I want the faction event to be kind of a spread across the three different factions. I don't mm-hmm. want one faction to dominate every time because that's not fun. Mm-hmm. Also, new monarchy. I mean, it's just there's such poison that ends up coming out with a, within the faction event because space of some Hitlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've been called a communist way more times online than I'd like to say, mm-hmm. and it's not fun. I mean, no, I don't being- like. There, there's a there's a magic number of number of times you can be called a communist online, and I think you've reached that. I you, once that you get called it man. once, you've reached it. Anyway, is it once? Is it yes. once? Oh okay. my god! It's anyway, number of but, times uh, you can called a communist, but yeah. I ended up tweeting out congratulations for future war cult because Charlemagne had said that they had won by so many points. Well, the problem with Charlemagne is Charlemagne is dictated to only track the people that have signed up for it. So it doesn't have the entire player base. It has a good chunk of player base, but it doesn't have the entire play- player base. So it can be wrong. Bungie eventually tweeted out about an hour later that New Monarchy ended up winning, which mm-hmm. is not cool. Revisionist because, history. Well, it's not necessarily revisionist Red history. Dance. It's just it's a it's a it's <laughs> slightly fake news you too can i just say i'm trying so hard to be nice to you future war cult people and you are not making it easy you are not making it easy for me i just i just feel like this is a pirates of the caribbean moment where oh my god uh, you you know the one pirate looks at the other goes i'm telling the story (laughs) there's your disney reference have fun Um, yeah i guess it is technically disney right there 
there are Pirates of the Caribbean was born from a ride I within know, Disney World. I like, know. Come on. I've been on it. It's I'm just fine. letting you know it's Disney. It's just not a Disney princess reference, which tends to be Justin's go-to. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Well, fine. Well, fine. Jasmine digress. looks at Aladdin and says, shut up. Pretty yeah. much. Um, short. Long story is made short. New Monarchy end up did winning on the full player base. The this week of Bungie actually put out a um, a picture saying the breakdown of it, which kind of sucks because it's it's still fairly close within the grand scheme of things. Um, Future War Cult ended up being second, and Dead Orbit ended up taking third place in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'd like to say I'm glad they're pulling the the event out for a while to revamp it because right now I think it's broken and it's dividing the community even more than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a productive event at this point. And I'm glad that they're yeah. taking it out. And I'm glad that I'm I'm so tired of seeing people just rag on each other's factions instead of mm-hmm. celebrating another another team's win. No. Well, go ahead, no. Justin. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that was like the the biggest thing that kind of really gets to me about Faction Rally 2 because when when it was uh starting again, I had uh actually posted all three of my faction videos in a playlist, and then it ended with the uh talk on the lore tab for Peace Walkers. Or Peacekeeper, it's not Peacewalk. I'm getting Metal Gear flashbacks here. Um, all of a sudden, Konami claims this for copyright infringement. Uh, but the Peacekeepers were uh, the one thing that I was like really excited for because they, uh, of course, ended up changing that to like, yes, the faction wars, not the faction rallies. So we completely screwed that up as we talked about last time. But I was excited to see what they were going to do because of the wording and that's that. The other thing I was excited that it was going to be something that like actually seemed to matter for the factions. And it doesn't feel like they put a lot of thought into it. Like as time went by uh, and I'm, I'm definitely in agreement. I'm, I'm glad they're pulling it down. Not, not for the sake that FWC lost again, just for the sake that I think it needs to be revamped because there's, there's something missing in this this interim means of, well, why is it that New Monarchy has now won three times in a row? And why is it even by uh, a, a bots signed up membership that it's not even close to like numbers between each other? Uh, 5,000 is, at least to me, if they're going by like packages turned in, that's a fairly substantial number, like a very substantial number. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to be able to do with it, but that's a, that's a big, eh, for me. Anyway. I mean, you can't really massage the results. Like if the result, at some point the results are the results, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think this community doesn't really need any more, any more points of contention or, Mm -hmm. or in, in more divisive elements, you know I mean? It's you, a, you you can see like something like faction wars, like what that did for the world of hip hop in the nineties. Like it wasn't it wasn't good. Good things mm-hmm. didn't happen. So mm-hmm. I think that faction wars are a lot like um Tupac and Biggie. Like it's just we just need to put it behind us. 
figure out something more productive to do with our time. Can we all just build like a sandcastle? <laughs> that would be something. nice. That would be nice. super nice. It would be nice. I just, you know, I don't like it even as a new monarchy person to have a situation where it's just a bowl over each each and every time. That's not fun. That's not a good competitive game. Mm-mm. Yeah. I also don't like having people just be absolutely toxic about toxic about it, even within our own chat, even if they're not meaning to be. Mm-hmm. Like people don't mean to come across like it's sh- like they're throwing shade in our chat. Even it's just when you're somebody who gets kind of stomped on the whole time because your team is has ended up being predominantly ahead of everybody, which sounds really awkward now that I'm saying it aloud. It's just not fun for anybody in -hmm. any situation, period. Not at all. Anyway, should we get into the lore topic for this week? Maybe. I mean, maybe at some point. Well, I mean, you guys are talking about, you're talking about building something constructively. You know, I think that's a good segue into into the community feedback. So, mm. hey, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I right, I, I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. It's it's I mean, I, it's my attempt I here. Thought, I thought you were going to go with something like the, it is working towards. And, it's working towards a convergence of types, right? Yeah. Oh, or, I was uh, watching uh, Thor: The Dark World earlier, so that makes sense. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I thought you were going to pull an Asher mirror there and be like, "Yes, we can just go and build another X, uh, Vex arm." How's that? Oh sound? gosh, <laughs> yes. So, well, last week we asked the community if they thought that the Vex part of Asher would eventually spread throughout his body, and the responses are in. So, I'm going to hand it over to Green for that feedback. Which can I say that midway through this week, because the new the new update dropped. We did get a lore card that kind of skewed the answer a little bit. I mean, okay, okay. <laughs> to be fair, how... I'm trying really hard not to come across harshly on this one. How did we skew it? Okay, yes, this is true, but it's like, before that card came out, there could have been questions brought up about the subject. Like it could have been called into the, question. A but no, thing. because the the card for uh, the armor that you're wearing right now is already out. The entry to Jensen right. Knight is like just, it answers the question. It's just, I just made it. I okay. Anyway, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a sarcastic look right now. I'm okay. I'm okay. You have a helmet on. I can't. <laughs> tell. And we're staring at each other on top of a rib cage. I really can't tell. Anyway, uh, 65% said that, yes, Asher's Vex arm, the technology will spread throughout his body. 15% said maybe, and 20% said no, that would cause a lore problem. Um, There really weren't very many people who actually attached a whole lot of info to it as far as why they thought so. But the people who did were basically quoting either the armor that I'm wearing or the new card that came out, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later. So that was 
most people pretty much knew that, yeah, Asher's going to have a continual problem with this, which is kind of cool that people are paying attention, at least that are within our own Twitter base. But, I mean, if they were to not have it be a problem, that would be interesting, too. I think that would almost be more interesting in some respects because they laid out the groundwork for it to be a problem. But, hmm. Uh, Next week's question, just to... I'm going to toss it on over to Beard since it's his topic and everything. And I really don't know much about Monster Hunter lore, but... We're gonna do we're gonna do a Monster Hunter lore episode next week, guys. Oh, oh don't worry. I'm gonna learn you. Oh, I'm excited. I actually I downloaded the demo for the uh-huh. 2DS Monster Hunter Generations, I think is what it was. Sure. Was yeah, that that's that? that's the most recent that's out there, yeah. the, the DS ones at least. Uh, I'm not sure if they have the four U one up on uh on the, the Nintendo store at all yet or not. Because that's the the older one, you'd have to kind of hunt for that a little. Anyway, Is that the one getting... with the jiggler helmet. No, the uh, the one that has the wiggler, <laughs> the wiggler, not the jiggler. The wiggler is uh, Monster Hunter World. <laughs> that was the, the helmet the that one? just. That's the helmet that convinced Justin and I to give that game a second look. <laughs> the, the giant giraffe neck helmet yeah <laughs> really that's new... what made you look at it not the uh, dragon hilarious because, not the because dragons. all right look monster monster hunter doesn't take itself seriously that is one of the best things about that. it okay it's wonderful it's like there's this side of seriousness but there's then there's that and you're just like oh okay the best Plus part, the art the best is, part is the cutscenes. Yeah. Cut scenes right. with oh the epic, God. the epic music, and the guy comes yeah, right out with the wiggler. Like, oh <laughs> so remind, remind me post show to show you the new one oh because God. one of the uh, new or one of the monsters that they added for this one is called Yaku uh, Yaku uh, Yaku something. I can't remember what it's called exactly, but it's a raptor, and you legitimately wear this thing's head. And just the way that it moves around and looks at you, it's like it's judging you the entire time. <laughs> it's hysterical. But, but remind me post-show, I'll get you that uh, the, the video for that. Uh, next up, two for the crossover is uh, Devil May Cry. And I can't yeah, I remember that. You, yeah, I remember you saying that. But I, I think I mentioned that like five times now. Anyway, he's, he's the actual... Excited. Yeah, it's Monster Hunter. Like... Destiny gets me excited. Uh, Monster Hunter was my first love. I'm just going to say that right there. Uh, Yaku Kulu. Yes, thank you. Derp. Thanks, thanks, Trigger. I'm I'm the dummy today. So, the question I have uh, digs a little bit into some of the the main lore and background uh, for Monster Hunter. And it's one... Well, Jeepers, phone. How about you shut up? Uh, it is one, actually, that I have uh, been questioning now for, for several years, and it is, uh, how much does the ancient civilization, uh, or how much is the ancient civilization to blame for strange species of monsters in today's Monster Hunter world? Uh, and it's it's not just necessarily saying the game, it's just saying the universe in general. Uh, because technically, Monster Hunter is a post post apocalyptic world, and mm-hmm. there are some hints and things that are kind of dropped to suggest that the ancient civilization did some stuff. 
So if you feel up to it, uh, the guys over at the wiki do a fantastic job of summarizing things. Uh, you can get yourself a decent primer there uh, to kind of see if there's anything else going on. So yeah, just uh, just kind of going from that. Nice. Awesome. So be sure. Be yes or no. Let us let us know with the yeah. Comments. And I know uh, Green will probably post that over on Twitter and then also in the I'm assuming in the Discord, right? Yep. Uh, Discord comes on Friday night before we actually do the show. I do kind of a last minute thing for people who hadn't mentioned it on Twitter. Twitter, I try to get out either Monday or Tuesday. So keep an eye out. And it's in the evening for me. Uh, sometime around 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, cool. generally. All right, so be sure to sound off and let us know your thoughts. Um, but speaking of getting back into tonight's topic, I know we're looking forward to diving into the discussion. So let's run through our standard intro notes, and then we'll get right into it. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at Asher Mir. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed the Faction Wars. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbeans, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews in particular are extremely helpful as they help us show up on charts and that helps others find the FFC community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you so much. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. Podcasts that are focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group that is dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghost and Echoes, a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, This Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardian's perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We do also have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which discusses a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. Our next chat is actually going to be a discussion on the extra lore topic of March, Monster Hunter. Be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topics you would like to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. Prior to his prattling on in our ear on Io, Asher Mir's only reference in lore happens at the end of D1 during the Age of Triumph, where we see him on a sickbed. Sickbed? I'd love to see what happens to your body when a stellar neurovirus interfaces with your cellular reproduction. The next time you prick your finger and see blood, just be happy that you're A, not Pajari, and B, not constantly wishing death on a transdimensional being. Brachion, the Genesis mind, is the one to blame for my arm. The first guardian to bring me any part of him will be... appreciated. 
but I digress. There are somewhat more pressing matters to attend to, like working through the new mysteries of Light Donayo to perfect the synthetic version I've created, learn more about the Pyramidian, and stop the Vex as much as possible. Though I may be slowly turning, there is still much to be done. So no, I was not on a sickbed. <laughs> Get back to work, assistant. You're wasting precious time. The only commodity I have left. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Asher Mir, however, let's take a look at this week's Lost Lore. So this week, I think a good Lost Lore topic is one that I've seen asked um, ever since we learned about the Vex, <laughs> really. Uh, what is Radiolorian? What is Radiolora? What, what is this Radiolorian fluid? Why do we keep talking about this silly little animal thing that we don't really understand? Um, and the concept is, originally, until this most recent update, actually is that Vex were portrayed as Radiolorian fluid. Um, and so Radioloria is actually something that exists in our in reality. Uh, it's a single-cell aquatic animal that usually has a spherical amoeba-like body that has that is surrounded in a very spiny skeleton of silica. Now, I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Uh, the other thing that Radioloria do is they accumulate. So they, they kind of like clump together and this can form a slimy deposit on seabeds. So basically, they're kind of like an algae. But to go back, their skeletons are made out of silica. And silica is actually really important because, and we kind of talked about this with the Vault of Glass episode way, way back when. Um, because silica is basically this hard compound that occurs as as quartz um, and is pretty much a principal constitute of sandstone and other rocks similar to it the uh, the interesting thing about silica is that silicon dioxide uh, is another term for silica and it's actually used in structural material microelectronics and as components in the food and pharmaceutical industries uh, the other random trivia about silica in regards to interesting connection to VEX is that apparently if you inhale finely divided crystalline silica, that is actually toxic and can lead to a huge number of health issues. Uh, it's extremely silicosis. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not it's not good. Um, but the interesting thing about the the whole thing about that being so interesting is that if you look at the the vault of glass is really the easiest way to do this. If you look at the vault of glass, um, especially in Atheons or Atheons or whatever, uh, Atheons chamber, the the throne chamber, basically all those the the throne, I guess, as most people call it, that glass looking structure in the background, that is actually Radioloria. Like that, that's actually a deposit of the silica structures that Radiolora are made out of. Um, and we kind of talked about that. Like, again, like I said, we kind of talked about that during the Vault of Glass episode. But 
basically silica is a major component in microelectronics because it helps with the transference of inner, or, uh, information. Um, now, <laughs> this entire understanding of VEX as radiolora kind of got questioned in this latest update. Um, Beard, I'm assuming you know the one that I'm talking about. Do you want to do you want to talk about the the new information that Icora drops? I'll uh, I'll be honest. I just read it. Okay, and it's great because it actually follows along with everything that I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have been the one that has said for a long time. I've at least never felt that the Radiolaria were the Vex. I've at least assumed that it was a necessary component to what they needed, but it's not them. So I'm I'm definitely uh, kind of glad to once again be over here on the side of right. What? Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, that. sorry. So so the they, the entry real quick that we're talking about was up in yeah. the update for one 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 four, which is the go fast update that dropped uh, this Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the universal wave function entry. And there's there's a lot of really good trivia facts in this one. But yeah, so go ahead, Beard. Okay, you want me to to do the reading? (laughs) Sorry. It's just messing me. I was going to do that, Blue. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Here, Here you go. What does the text say? So the flavor text at the top reads, I believed your presence at the genesis of the infinite forest would lead to a comprehensive understanding of the Vex. When will I learn that things are never so simple? Ikora. So, interesting to note, keep in mind the narration and the way that this goes. So, give it a second. The fluid itself is not the Vex. If their consciousness could be contained in such a state, it would have manifested in other states by now. Ikora looks up from the terminal. Perhaps Lakshmi's device is the key. Was I wrong to dismiss it? She chuckled. She does that a lot more. She does that a lot more lately. Probably. I was wrong about a lot of things. She paces, hands behind her back. If understanding their ability to manipulate simulations and, in doing so, appear to travel to different times is our goal, then she stops and turns to look at me? What do you think, Ophiuchus? I'm probably going to butcher this, but Ophiuchus. She hasn't spoken to me in 22,303 days. I haven't spoken to her in almost as long. I'm speechless. You're not just my ghost. We were friends once. I want you to know what you think. I try to maintain my composure. I don't think it works. I'm glad you asked. So. Cool thing, of course, here is that we actually hear one, another ghost is named, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, we see the the device is once again mentioned. <laughs> FWC, <laughs> of course, is going to point that out first. Uh, we also get a time period, though, which I'll, uh, I'll actually figure out, or if somebody wants to figure the math quick. 61 uh, years. Just for, how long was that? Sorry. 61 years. 61 years. Okay. So, you know, a, a typical, what used to be a working human's lifespan is, uh, is basically there for, 
how long it's been for uh, them to have chatted together. That's, Which is really crazy if you think about that. Yeah, Which, yeah six, 61 years to basically be like, ah, we had a friend break up, but you got to stay close to me because reasons. Right. Can you explain the relationship between the two? Be- between Ikora and um, Ophiuchus? Mm-hmm. Ophiuchus. Uh, uh, they're, they're the ghost. Uh, Ophiuchus is, the, is Ikora's ghost. And at that point, it's uh, there. There was what? What was the other card? One of the the other, yeah, the other Lord tabs that actually had talked about that. It was the uh, her and uh, Ophiuchus had talked to each other originally, uh, and we we see that before. I guess she ends up going to the Vanguard or really getting uh, stuck in with a lot of things. I'm really trying to remember what it was now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Ikora's resolve. Yes. Oh, it was the shit. It's That's where right. it's where she, uh, the ghost is admonishing her for for committing suicide because mm-hmm. she's she's dabbling in thanatonautics. Hmm. Sounds like someone else that she was kind of close to. Um, oh, gee. She, but yeah, like she, it, it shows Ikora before Ikora was the the more cool headed, even though she's not really super cool headed at the moment, but this was back in her iconoclastic days. That is a Mm -hmm. weird word to get out. Um, Yes, it is. uh, Her shotgunning days. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, that actually, there's more ways, there's more, there are more ways to take that phrase actually given the reading of this (laughs) card, because I'm like, yeah, that shotgun might not have been, used on enemies entirely all the time either um, well, she was in crucible but anyway no i mean like i think yeah i think she she mm. used it on herself um yeah. because she says like and this is this takes place in the edz uh this is again ikora's resolve is the entry um and it's an argument between her it's not really even an argument it's kind of like you can kind of tell that, yeah, it's, but like, Ikora really is disrespectful to, well, now we know the name of the Authority. ghost. Um, but like, she's, um, she's argumentative about the role that guardians play and how, and like the expectation of, um, like the, the norm for how a guardian should, should act because the ghost kind of is like, is accusing her of like, you know, he says like, you did it on purpose, died on purpose. I saw. And Ikora is just like, so what? I don't, I mean, you're going to resurrect me. Basically. I don't care. Um, right. And this is the lesson that she learns in the red war is that every life is precious. Yes. Because, um, the realization of death's finality, which is an interesting concept with tonight's topic to kind of bring it back into tonight's topic, because that's one of the main driving forces of Asher. Uh, and it's actually one of the reasons that Ikora kind of understands Asher more than really anyone else at the moment. And I think that's actually probably a source of her patience with him, especially now, <laughs> because I mean, like, and, and we'll talk about that with uh, Asher's one way ticket. Uh, it kind of, ex- it kind of, mm-hmm. right, right. Um, it kind of, uh, the one way ticket kind of speaks to the, 
the underlying tension that Asher personally is going through with regards to his affliction. Um, but real quick, the other, the other note on, um, Ophia, Ophiacus, Ophius. I don't even, I'm not, I'm just going to say Ophiacus. Officious. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Justin's like favorite definition because I can't even do it with a straight face <laughs> because it literally, oh. it literally means serpent bearer. Yeah, um, you want me to read it? <laughs> Blue ha- may have put this in our like That's rough. just to okay, just that. This is when Not- I feel like we're just putting snake stuff in just to what I would never do that. I would like, never do that to you. <laughs> he literally put in parentheses just inter- interesting trivia. You know afterwards, know. yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, we know why you put it there, Blue. It's okay. No, I'd like to point out that this wasn't necessarily Blue's fault. Mm -mm. Ophiuchus was named Ophiuchus by Bungie. Just saying. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chad Blue is a monster. (laughs) We know who wrote it, too. Did you know that? Yeah. Yep, I I saw him tweet that out, actually. Yeah, Grant Roberts wrote these cards. He wrote the Mm -hmm. cards for the new update. And after my own name is the name Ophiocus is it is it tied at all to the Ophidian like is uh is yeah it, that's uh, arguably so Ophiocus is a constellation um it is argued actually in astrological terms as the 13th western constellation so you know your astrological signs you have 12 um, mm-hmm. There's actually arguably 14, um, depending on the translations of the different thinkers that you are going by. And there was an individual who went by the name of Marcus Manilus in about 10 AD who wrote a, a rather a, a collection, I guess, of poetry about um, astrological events called the Astron- Astronomica. Um, and Ophiocus is, that's actually the first time that we see it mentioned and it is mentioned as a serpent bearer. And he, it's, it's basically quote, he renders the form of snakes innocuous to those born under him. They will receive snakes into the folds of their flowing robes and will exchange kisses with these poisonous monsters and suffer no harm. Um, so basically, but this is also where you start seeing the, the, uh, the concept of the medicinal staff with the two snakes, you start seeing yeah. this mm-hmm. idea Never of that. well, and that's kind of this is kind of where that that starts. It's not it's not directly tied to that, but this is where it kind of starts. Um, a lot of people who are born supposedly under the sign, uh, and this is really kind of later around uh, three seventy nine, uh, so fourth century. Uh, there was a an astrologer who went by the name Anonymous, which is kind of, I just, I love that, um, who kind of calls out the bright star uh, Ophiocus. Uh, I think it's Rosh, Rosh al yeah, Haig? No, it's Ra's al Ghul. No, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, so. I knew you were going to say I know, I, as soon as, as, soon as he started, I was say. like, no, no, he's not it going there. He like does it. go, it does just, look that. But, um, so the association the, the association between Ophiocus <laughs> and doctors, healers, or physicians, um, which is argued actually to be because of the association between snakes and then poisons and medicines being used. You know, like there's there's a lot of correlation there. Um, 
as as I always love saying, correlation does not necessarily mean causation. So uh, there there was a lot of components within that. I just blanked on the, what the staff is called, but the uh, the staff of the healer with the serpents twined around it. There's there's a lot of hermetic. Thank you. Um, there's a lot of lore, like understanding of lore behind the cause or the design of that. But this is arguably one of the first kind of points to that. Um, but you see a lot of this referencing to individuals who were born in this astrological sign as being immune to poisons, immune to the ill effects of not just snake poisons, but any poisons. So, uh, beard green. I don't know which one of you queued up first. first. Actually, I'll, uh, go okay. Say. Uh, as far as the history of poisons in medicine, um, the actual logistical history of it, the idea of poisons in medicine and snakes in medicine, the reason why the staff, the hermetic staff is, are two snakes is because most medicines back in the day are technically poisons if consumed too much. It's the idea of a certain amount of the poison taken in can help mitigate the the ailment of what or whatever it is. So things like aspirin, for example. Aspirin is technically harvested from a bark of a tree. If you take too much of it, you can cause a lot of damage. If you take a little bit of it, it can help with so many different things, pain, heart, lots of different things. I may have had a mother who was a nurse growing up, so there is my two cents on that aspect. <laughs> yes, that, that aspect. Uh, it also oh, that also the Ophidian aspect. <laughs> oh. um, that also ties into an early concept of medicine being the balancing of the four humors. Mm, the vitreous humor is the most important <laughs> beard. <laughs> yeah, I better save us, or we're going to keep going with that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so funny that you actually bring up the Fidian aspect because we're, we just had a conversation about that not long ago, right? Mm-hmm. And who that might belong to. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's anything that might uh, kind of back up a, a thinking or a theory that I had. So I found it odd that Ikora went more towards the void. And we kind of see even in her early days that she seemed to favor the void more than she did the uh more than she did like sun singer or something like that she was obviously proficient uh she still had the ability as a storm caller she could do plenty of different weird things if you will but the biggest thing that always kind of caught me off guard was the fact that she focused so heavily on the the void aspects of the warlock and this is only highly interesting because we know of somebody else that dabbled in the other subclasses of the warlock but also favored the void and that was of course stolen now i'm wondering if at some point or another ikora and and tolan didn't have something not necessarily saying going on but they were like the two void serpents or something of that nature and it's Mm. just uh it's it's just I always look like like as always, I always look at the the names and relationships as as being something that is listed there by Bungie to be meaningful. And if you're going to tie Toland and snakes or something related to it pretty closely, 
I'm going to start to kind of look for those other imageries and kind of tie it back towards Toland. The question is, of course, if they knew each other, which we have no confirmation of as it is, uh, we don't know if they were doing anything in the Crucible or this, that, the other thing. But just a thought, just kind of running with it. Yeah, no, I like that that connection, you too. Trying? You trying to say that they had the aspic on their lips? Please that help. Was such a thing. Please, that that was help. a thing, though. That was a thing. <laughs> that though. was a thing. It was a okay. thing from the other thing. So it might it might have been a thing, but you know what else is a thing? Asher's right arm. So I think we better start talking about that. <laughs> I think it was missing, though. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's just in another dimension. It's in a dimension you can't see. So let's let's save Beard from the it's, discomfort and let's talk about Asher. <laughs> it's not a metaphorical lake, okay. <laughs> It's not a metaphor. All this talk of snakes, that's the wrong one. <laughs> it's not a metaphor. <laughs> um, so I guess the first the first thing to talk about with Asher is basically who is he? Uh and to get Butthole. to get <laughs> Look you. I I take some fair offense to that, okay? Not, not, not really. But no, you know it's true. <laughs> Grumpy Miss Mister Grumpy McGruffers. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so who that. who is Asher? Asher is obviously an Awoken. He's a warlock. Um, we do as kind of green and um, <laughs> green and beard in the intro mm-hmm. kind of mentioned. We first got introduced to Asher actually in Destiny One through the Grimoire. Uh, in the Age of Triumph, there was a ghost fragment, Eris Morn. It was an amazing card and has a lot of questions that are very interesting to to go into. Um, we do we do not know his ghost's name. We do know that it's identified as a unnamed female designate. Uh, we know that it is afflicted with Vex technology. And there is a really interesting note that Asher views himself as a failed scientist because he's unwilling to sacrifice her to, to try to understand what's happening to him. So there's actually an idle, like, I think it's an idle dialogue where he, he's lamenting the fact that he can't bring himself to kill his own ghost to take her apart to see what's going on within her. Um, and there, then that also brings us to another really kind of interesting point with Asher in that he is actually not even sure that his ghost can resurrect her. So that basically tells us that Asher has, since his incident, has never gone out in the field. He, he doesn't take chances. He doesn't, he's, he's actually very kind of nervous or even afraid of death, which kind of how we, um, we're mentioning in the the banter a little bit earlier is where Ikora and him are actually kind of uh, more closely aligned than the other guardians necessarily because Ikora also had an I don't know if Ikora necessarily had an experience like Asher's uh, in regards to like the the metaphysical challenge but Ikora definitely understands what it's like to be forced to sit on the sidelines because of the fear of death. Um, and so I'm going to basically kind of let you guys kind of dissect that information if you want. The other big thing is he's the, he's obviously the vendor on IO, which is why green loves him so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It's such a beautiful yeah. planet to get away to, and it's it's really nice. It's good to just kind of sit there and watch it's, Jupiter pass by. You it's know, got a, and it's, it's got a nice smell of everything. sulfur. You know, in Ulantan's cave, I could sit there and stare forever, but as soon as I get outside, I have to look at Jupiter. Otherwise, I just see yellow <laughs> and bones, and it's just like, ah, oh, guys. <laughs> But but seriously, am I the only one who looks at this planet? It's like this has got to smell overwhelmingly like sulfur. I'm no, well. I get it. Yeah, I do too. It's just. I mean, here's the question: Do you want to smell sulfur, or do you want to smell methane? I mean, yeah, I guess that's, that's true. That's what you're. That's, that's what you're left the, with. For the that's humans. your choices. That's that's your that's choice. It's not pleasant, to be honest. <laughs> well, look. Do you want Io or do you want a collapsing Golden Age? I'd rather stand freighter, on Nessus freighter. personally, which is where I spent mm. most of my time. Yeah, which is actually worse because you're probably breathing in Siva. <laughs> so I'm fine with stuff. that. I'm fine with right? that. It's pretty okay. at least. It's, it's a good pretty. destination. It's like <laughs> that's fine. It's like Hawaii. <laughs> that's there may fine. be things that are dangerous there. You so, mean Australia? So we, you mean Australia is what you mean? Well, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about. It's, it's pretty, but it's dangerous <laughs> because everything is trying to kill you. Just about, just about. Or, or you know, as we'll as we'll eventually get to with you know Banshee forty four down the line. Oh gosh, with this one line, and he's like, "Just stay here on Earth. It's safer that way. <laughs> so just stay on <laughs> Earth, okay? Just stay on Earth. It's all right, Green. We'll take care of everything else." You can hang out there. Hey, hey, we know you hey. like New Monarchy. Yes. We know you love the city. Yes. We know you got to work on that stuff. We get it. Hey, I hey, cannot what? help that Bungie made all of New Monarchy's goals in the EDZ, which, by the way, I'm really tired of running it. <laughs> I'm really tired of being there. Bungie, please. Can we just go to a different planet? I love, I love how bit? I love how of those those three choices, Dead Orbit's the one that's like, all right, this time we're going to go with this planet, and this time we're going to go to this planet. And I'm like, uh-huh. I have to memorize I have to memorize all the farming runs instead of just the one farming run. Oh God, I was so so burned out on the EDZ. I have not gone to Earth. Except for this morning when I got the EDZ armor set because I was working on getting all the sets, but that's the last time I've been there for about three or four weeks. Anyway, yeah, I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> not bitter. There's no. There's not a hint of bitterness in my in my voice on this. Um, but yeah, so Asher is the Vanguard contact on IO. Uh, and so that kind of brings us to the next kind of often asked question when it comes to Asher is, is basically why is he, I'm just going to use PC language. Why is he so grumpy? Um, there's, there's a different word that a lot of people use for Asher. Um, but so it's really kind of both a simple and a really complex answer. Um, the simple answer is he's infected with a disease that is quite frankly very scary um, because for someone who is a scientist and a guardian who is used to being kind of not afraid of death asher is afflicted with a disease that no one knows anything about and has actually gotten to the point where he doesn't know if he can be resurrected so the one benefit of being a guardian kind of has been taken away as far as he knows and he doesn't and he doesn't understand it, which is to a mind like Asher's is probably one of the most, if not the most infuriating things that he can deal with. 
because he's a scientist and it just if you've ever been around a scientist who can't understand something you'll understand what i'm talking about like it's, it's just anybody who's a genius level yeah that's true yeah, yeah. that is very true um so so basically in a in a bit more complex way his grumpiness his shortness of of patience or anything like that is really just his way of dealing with the fact that he's no longer able to approach things with the normal guardians like disdain for danger um he doesn't know like i like i mentioned before he doesn't know if his ghost is able to revive him so he's actually been forced to be benched by something that's not his choice um fair Fair point, though. Asher was described as cantankerous and annoying before he was transformed. This is true. I am not. I am not disputing that. But the fact is, is that like this is something that to someone who is, I mean, in my mind, Asher is a pretty strong-willed individual. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. would dispute that. To have that personality have something literally forced upon them that is out of their control and they could, they don't get any say in it. Like they can, they can whine, they can complain as much as they want, but it doesn't change the fact that they have no control over what is going on with their own body. Um, you see this, I mean, I, 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 I hesitantly make this connection cause I don't mean to, to insult anyone, but you see this a lot with individuals who have diseases such as cancer, um, you know, life long diseases, uh, autoimmune diseases, things, things of that nature, you see a lot of bitterness. Um, and, and that bitterness, correct, correct. It's personality Um, dependent a lot of the time. Very true. That is a very, very good qualification. I, I, I will accept that. Yeah. Um, there, though, usually I would argue also that there is a degree of bitterness that everyone goes through. It's just depending on the personality, it's how they respond to it. I think, um, or how they take up the the uh, burden of that particular affliction. Um, and Asher's response from a psychological level makes really actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but the other and that kind of brings us back to the connection with Ikora. Um, and, you know, again, for someone who was really kind of very apparently front and center for researching all the different aspects. I mean, like Beard had mentioned, he's he's making a synthetic version of light. I mean, just he's trying. Well, he's yeah, trying he's to. he's he's attempting to, which is more to say more than most could probably say, to be fair. Um, and we kind of know that there is a component that has already been present and which kind of explains why he's on IO. Uh, if you remember the campaign from Destiny 2 with what we were preventing Gaul from harvesting um Mm -hmm. but yeah so that that's it's the grumpiness is actually kind of a manifestation of frustration of annoyance of even fear a bit in asher's case um and so yeah again i'm gonna kind of let you guys because i know beard probably has a few things to say well i'm gonna say when it comes to the way that asher otherwise is he he admits that he's also afraid which is also something that we're not necessarily sure how how guardians effectively kind of deal with fear. We didn't have that up until, you know, Destiny 2 campaign where some of them ended up looking like we've got one life left to to live at this point and ran away or 
you actually had a Cade or Zavala situation where there, Zavala fits more in the middle, where he gathers people up and tries to protect them. Cade goes off and does his own thing like he's still a guardian. And then you've got Ikora who's like, nope, I'm not doing a thing. And Asher is a very special case because even before all this stuff happened with the Red War, he was already in this position to say, I'm in no way, shape, or form going to test how this possibility of my death and being revived is going to work, as Blewett mentioned. And this fear of becoming a uh, of becoming a Vex completely is incredible. It is like it's incredibly at the forefront of his mind. He's trying to not have it be. And from a psychological standpoint, you could even look at Asher and go, mm-hmm. he is trying to keep himself busy so that he doesn't think about this stuff. And some of his research, of course, may come back to trying to uh to handle or look into his situation, of course, but the large majority of it is him still trying to like get to the bottom of the Vex, take out Brachion. Like taking out Brachion was one of the first things in his mind when he got out to Io and actually had us out there. And these are these are elements that basically make up how how Asher basically is. Uh if we if we look at some of the, the new stuff, I know we'll probably get to it a little later and actually read it with the uh the silicon uh neroma. Mm-hmm. We see how that basically all takes place and what it was that uh, that they all had seen inside the Pyramidian. And it's it, it kind of bugs me in a way because I don't think it's exactly as he kind of described it, or at least from like how I kind of recall it here uh, in, in Silicon Neroma. Because in the Pyramidian, he actually describes that they bu- they all kind of went their separate ways after the mission. Here, yeah, here it he really didn't. does sound like the hunters are both like completely dead. Well, it he okay as far as his fire team, it the descriptions of his fire team they don't sound close. It sounds almost like the way we we cue in for a strike when we queue in for a normal, like a strike playlist that you just meet up with random people and you go and do it. They don't seem like they're super tight knit or anything like some of the other fire teams that we've seen in the grimoire. It makes me wonder if they were put together as kind of a ragtag team instead of some of the more established teams that we've seen in grimoire. Well, it tells me everything I need to know. Don't do any runs with two hunters. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Some of us, hey, some of us, pointing to myself, are really good about reviving any of the warlocks that die, die continually during the Sabathun strike. I don't. How many have revived this guy seven times today? I don't. I don't strike. I don't. I, I, will, I don't. I don't die. In the I strike. will save you. Look, let me let me put I've it this way. Right. There's there's void Beard. light all throughout that that strike. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good, good too. Good. <laughs> characters. It's fine. I will. I will have your back. I I actually do kind of feel like we should just read that card now. I know it's the uh, silicon neuroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think. I, I mean. Like I think that's a good. I think over. it's a good segue into kind of his. I mean, 
we're kind of talking about his story anyways. Um, yeah. I think it's this a is good the beginning one. of it in a way, yeah, at least as far I, as we know. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's again, it's a it's a thorn last word situation where mm-hmm. we kind of got the middle, got the middle in Destiny One, and now we're getting the beginning. And I, I, I wouldn't say we got the end, but we're getting closer to like his his culmination of what where we are right now. So, you want to? Do you have that pulled up? I do. What does the text say? The flavor text says. My future is concurrently irreversible and unknowable. Before it overtakes me, I desire more, a more abrupt end to those responsible. Asher Mir. A staggering vex detonates, and the exo-hunter is torn in two. One half sinks beneath the lake's opaque surface. Asher's eyes go wide as he freezes. Whatever they stumbled into down here, he was multiplicly... Wow, that's a word. Bungie, I don't like you. Thank you. Thank you, Warlock. More lethal. He reloads his fusion rifle and looks around wildly. The other hunter. She's the only one left alive. No. Stay calm. Throws a smoke bomb and disappears. Asher barely has time to react before the hunter reappears on the high ground and draws a bow of void energy, almost in slow motion. Crack. 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 Ten Vex fall. Asher watches them disintegrate, looks back up up to the hunter, but the yellow gratitude catches in his throat as four vex shimmer into existence behind her. Asher can't watch this time. He frantically searches for a way out, and and a tentacle grabs his ghost. A millisecond of pain in his shoulder, and everything goes white. By the way... I'm so glad there's a Night Stalker in this card, <laughs> just because it makes utter sense for a Night Stalker to be in this card for the Pyramidian Strike, because that strike is BS otherwise. Mm-hmm. As a Night but, Stalker, I completely agree. I Yeah, me too. <laughs> I pretty it's, much it's, only run it now. Oh, such a painful strike. Mm, mm-hmm. But the... Oh man, just the idea that the the tentacle a tentacle grabs his ghost. So a harpy grabs his ghost. Is that what I'm reading? Because harpies are really the only vex that have tentacles. That's what I would assume that the vex was basically, or the harpy was the thing that had kind of injected even uh, Asher with it, possibly because within vicinity, I would assume that that would be, you know, the ghost would be pretty close by. And Asher would also uh, be, like, right by his ghost. Mm-hmm. Though, though, now that I think about it, I find this really odd. Remember back when the trailers dropped for Destiny 2 and it was the Rally the Troops trailer? How we didn't see that any ghosts were out? Right. And everybody was like, well, yeah, that's because it's a combat zone. They don't keep their ghosts out. They're in their what's, pocket. What's What's Asher doing right now? What's, uh... What's Asher's ghost doing right now in a combat zone sticking out? Just I mean, maybe just, he's just, trying to just, get out of there. Maybe he's trying to evac out. I mean, his, I mean to, be, to be fair, though, also in the Curse of Osiris, Sagira's not in Osiris's uh-huh. pocket when they're in the uh-huh. simulation. Uh-huh. I'm just I'm just going back to uh to an old argument just for just for the sake of being like, hey. 
hey, ghosts don't stay in people's pockets all the time in combat zones. So oh this, yeah, this no, is just I, a little, I mean, a little yeah. extra on that. I mean, I totally, yeah. I totally run around in strikes with my ghost out when I'm, when I'm just like, I don't. Well, it's really, okay, it's really so hard. I mean, if you're needing information, the the thing that you use to get information is ghost. I'm constantly pulling out my ghost while I'm in strike to see how many more vex I have to kill for this challenge. For that's Itora. true, or to communicate. Well, mm-hmm. And and who is our what what is our flashlight? our ghost right mm-hmm. so in in that instance we also need them out for, for that stuff too so Granted, there's, there's like with brachion uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. bright down there well we don't know about what instance we had seen too yeah because right. remember know the, that lake is not a metaphor yeah really oh, yeah that was that's okay so that whole thing is weird mm-hmm. because it's the pit area where that that dialogue happens i actually had yeah. to play that strike earlier today right so which I still uh, love which, that entire means... line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so freaking funny. So um, when you're running the Pyramidian, there's the pit you jump down that has the Vex, basically elevator mm-hmm. that takes you down to Brachion. That apparently wasn't there when, when Asher went through. There apparently was a lake there. Well, the, the entire strike was, run yeah. doesn't add up to, to mm-hmm. what... Because he's confused the entire time. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm going to say Ikora has the line. I forget it exactly, but <laughs> through, he throws goes, like, down the I mic. Think, <laughs> yes, I I think our our again some scribe has said impossible about twelve times in counting. <laughs> oh, I impossible. love that! Impossible. <laughs> I want to hear that voice line. By the way, impossible, impossible. Can it be impossible? Impossible. <laughs> The other one is like the other one where she's like, the only reason he feels comfortable saying that is because I'm not on the same planet as him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, warlocks are throwing shade at each other. (laughs) I I kind of feel like Asher pulls a and and I'm not going to say it because that's it's definitely not PG-13. But I feel like Asher pulls a boondock saints. Certainly wow. represents the diversity of the world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Oy, but, oy. Yeah, and it's chat's kind of pointing out, you know, also we do know that the Pyramidian supposedly can alter reality in a yeah. in a in a weird way. So so the fact that we have and I think Beard, you're kind of mentioning that, we don't know what instance of the Pyramidian um Asher was experiencing. Um Obviously, it was a different one. We are experiencing. Right, right. It's obviously two different instances. Yeah. I'm going to say there's at least two different ones that we know of, but I'm probably going to venture a guess and say that between the gate and the way that everything opens, the Pyramidian is probably a space very similar to the Vault of Glass mm -hmm, anyway. mm -hmm. So they would have some means of some pretty heavy manipulation between them. For all we know, too, that was a communication point or a relay or something for Vault of Glass as well. There's nothing that unfortunately goes into that idea or concept, but it's uh, it's definitely highly assumed that there's more than just the two that we have seen, or the, the one that we have seen and the other that Asher has seen. This is true. But yeah, I, I, I definitely... 
the the pyramidian is the the start of all of this of course for asher uh it is the biggest thing if you will that that basically makes him who he is today uh he was however referred to as a gensum scribe before <laughs> which i don't know if uh green or blue feather if you want to get into that a little bit more yeah, and I was actually going to say the same thing. I was going to say that, you know, we kind of get the idea that he was against some scribe prior to his experience with the Pyramidian. Um, be just simply, I don't, I don't know, like, I there's not anywhere that that's specifically stated, but like with the Ghost Fragment Eris, she refers to him as Ginsum scribe. She doesn't, I, right. um, you know, she doesn't refer to him by name out loud, at least. Um, we also find out there that she and he are apparently very, cl- uh, well, not close, but they are very similar in the way that they kind of aggravate Ikora. Um, wow. Because wasn't, wasn't that the, the similarity that was drawn between the two of them is that they both were like. Beyond the fact that they both have aspects of another well, race. Yes, there, right. There's that, but I mean, I thought if I remember right, wasn't wasn't that specifically kind of drawn as a parallel between the two of them? Like, because that's where we can learn that Asher was always kind of cantankerous and difficult no, to get along with. I mean, it's in the Jensen, it's in the Eris Morton card, the Ghost Fragment mm. Eris court card, which is also the only place prior to this armor set that we have mentioned that the Jensen scribe. Not correct. Really? Was... Because I just looked for another set of it and it oh, doesn't no. have So, any... okay, here's the here's the really annoying thing about the Jensen uh, scribes. Um, we've known about these guys since... Hang on real quick. Let me look this up. It was probably Dark Below, if I yes, want to remember. Yes, because it was like... the Harlequin Pendulum. Right, and but I there's am... not a whole... Oh my gosh! I, I saw that bringing it up. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm looking at it. The interesting mm-hmm. thing about the Harlequin Pendulum was that it was at the time one of the only bonds that actually would change based on the time of the world around your character. Right. Um, it would change colors based on the world's time, and it was also one of the 3D ones. So it actually it was a really cool bond. Um, right, and it I was, that. oh my gosh, it was so aggravating because it was the only reference to the Ginsen scribes that we had for ever. Um, so thanks. Thank you, Bungie, for finally expanding on that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so we and we don't really know and we still don't know what the Harlequin Pendulum does. We don't really mm-hmm. I and mean, we don't know anything about the Ginsen scribes. Um, but we do know that Ginsim is a term that is, it's kind of a, a weird thing. Uh, the closest thing to a definition, I think that we could, that we've kind of all agreed on in chat is basically that it's a, an item that is used like in a code, basically that takes place of, um, what's usually what's referred to as a line item or an object within that, within that code until you can find a permanent structure to replace it with so it's basically a placeholder um there's also a lot of conversation around the fact that you can look at it as a combination of genetic symbiosis um which asher kind of fits as well uh and so there's there's you know kind of a thought there though again if asher was against some scribe prior to the pyramidian incident you know, Which it was right. I'm. I'm kind of like. I, I'm kind of more inclined to think of it as 
They're a warlock order as far as we know. Um, granted, we only know of Asher. Uh, we don't know if the two hunters he was with were also Ginsims. Um, we do know that there are apparently knights as well as scribes because of the armor set. Mm-hmm. But that's about that's really honestly about it. So we don't even know really if it's like the hidden where, you know, all classes are part of it or if it's like the uh, Praxic Fire where only warlocks are part of it. Um, I'm having a thought. This is dangerous. Yeah, I know. It generally. Is. So, you know, this guy's called the Hive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have these uh, these classes. They're called knights and wizards and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's not something to kind of mirror that idea and just kind of further goes along with the mirror, if you will. Right. But I mean, I guess my, my counter argument to that entire, which, which I, I'm, 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 I'm open to, but I guess my counter argument to that is why, like, why would, I mean, what, what's the purpose of mirroring the hive within the because the, of beard's video about us eventually becoming the hive okay well okay well, i mean right okay so like within within that realm of theoretics yes okay uh, yeah i'm gonna say as as spin foil goes basically uh but but even then i'm i'm looking at it from the standpoint of why would the hive even name themselves the way that they do well I, yeah, by I, all counterpoints of course we should not be named warlocks. We should be the wizards. Yes. You know, that's this is, the, a, the, this is an age-old argument on Destiny's yeah, part. Yeah, I'm going to say this This one goes way back. But it, it's the just the, from base principle, I guess, of, of naming schemes. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the only thing that I'm looking at, if you will. Uh, if there's going to be knights, then why is it that that's only showcased within this particular group? that we know very little about. We also don't necessarily know if Toland left behind anything or whatnot. So I don't know. Maybe I could just, I mean, the other, the other thing that you could look at it is as a lexicon gap. And that's just what we are translating the hive terminology as, um, Mm -hmm. which is not always a lacuna coil. That's what I'm looking. That's the term I was looking for. Um, Green, what, what do you have for us? I just kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of the Jensen Knight mm-hmm. lore entry because the lore entry itself is interesting in the fact that it talks about the aspect of having this alien source within its own body or within its own body. And it's a letter from Asher to Eris, mm-hmm. which is also fun. And it mentions no Chris, our, our <laughs> fun little friend, <laughs> which I've had many a talk about on Twitter this last week. I can't uh, imagine why. Flavor- Oh God! Do you want to do the flavor text thing? Yes. Or the the lore entry thing? <laughs> yes. What does the text say? Flavor text says: Remember, the universe is a chaotic system. This frippery won't protect you from the continuum. Asher Mir. Eris, I've scoured my library but found nothing on this nocris of which you speak. I am sorry for both the delay that I could not be of more help. Do you ever feel any affection for the creatures that changed you? I confess this weakness myself. In the shadow of the Pyramidian, I have sometimes felt a kind of craven admiration for this illimitable superior being that suffuses my body. I can feel them more through my veins with purpose, magnetized to the intent of the minds that have come to macro form 
Echo Mesa. I have a sense of their desires. They've changed since I fell. And so I am, if nothing else, a new variable in whatever grand equation compels them. My arm grows worse. This morning, I cut my finger and blood radioloria. I will redouble my efforts. Truth and action, Asher Mir. Ah, oh, gosh. I cannot this state one. how much I love that sign off. Mm-hmm. Truth and action. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the fact that also that he's looking, he's still continuing to work on things beyond his own situation. Granted, it's for Ares, who is also a friend of his. But I, I always I also kind of take it as, you know, again, kind of going back to his base character and the affliction, really, that he's kind of struggling with. Um, remember, he's he's been sidelined. So like sort of research, yeah. research is himself. Right. Well, well, right. Right. But um, I guess my point is, is that he's not he's not busy doing other stuff at this point. Research is really the only way that he seems to think that he can fit in to the world now because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to put himself front and center into danger. And so like, and I I agree with you that I think it's interesting that he's still doing research on other aspects of, uh, of information searches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I also would like to, you know, also point out that he probably has a lot more free time now if he's not going out on strikes, you know, he's not going out on strikes and doing all that. Well, how many wizards in a tower can you can you see in Destiny 2? Because warlocks true. are notorious for staying at home. Well, but see, that brings us to another lore entry, which is Ashermere's one-way ticket. Mm-hmm. Because Asher hasn't left Io. Which is really kind of confusing if you think about it. Because this is this is the one kind of qualm that I have with the entire story of Asher is like if you read Asher Mirror's one way ticket, it makes it sound like he's never left Io after his kind of incident. But then you read Ghost Fragment Eris and he's in the tower after the accident. So how did he get back to Io? I mean, you know, he has to have left Io. Right. But I mean, if you it's like if you read, uh, uh, let me let me pull mm-hmm. it up real quick. I have it. Okay, you got it. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let me pull it up so that I'm not speaking completely off memory because that's a dangerous thing for me to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily... Because at the very it, end, it says they could bring him every jump ship in the system and he'd never leave the rupture. But I think he's talk- I think that's talking about since the Red War has started. Okay. In, in comparison okay. to the Red War. Gotcha. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I, I can. Okay. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Um. To to again tie back to Ikora and Asher. This is also where you get the get the impression that Asher and Ikora are are closer than most of the Vanguard and Asher simply because Ikora understands the concept of the fear of death. Um, well, also, Ikora understands the being the smartest person in the room and having to translate your your thoughts to some other person. We yeah. kind of get that in some of the missions, too. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Beard, what did you have wicked 
uh, Wicked Deja Vu on? Nothing. Uh, I'm just like looking at. I might just sit at this computer too much. I think that's all it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> Asher, Asher has the Vex. Eris has the Hive. Beard has his computer. You know, it kind of all I balances, mean, right? I think the basically. I mean, the three of us have an unhealthy addiction to our computers. To be what? honest, what? I have four screens, so I mean, yeah. I've only I've only got two and a high quality microphone and a really good microphone or a really good webcam and a mm-hmm. and a that I that I never use and a Black Flag a, actually has a really good point on the topic. Sorry, real quick. Um, on the topic of staying on IO, uh, Black Flag in chat saying, "Is Asher staying on IO a choice or a compulsion of the Radi Laura in his veins?" That's are not. Go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's honestly a great point, uh, only because we know that Asher is in part uh, being affected by the pull of what is changing. Really? Uh, as we just like, ended up like getting... in the Arcebo mission? What? Arcebo? Yeah. Just, just, just something like that. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, Maybe <laughs> he's a was... ballet lover, which is the name of the ghost on that. <laughs> Uh, yes, Asher's Asher's ghost name is Arecibo. Um <laughs> the the biggest uh thing though that we we just got done reading of course too for uh from Eris uh from Asher to Eris it's just this whole point and idea that now Asher is starting to to feel at least something for the Vex or some kind of connection that leaves him there or makes him want to continue to stay there. That is very possible. Well, uh, okay. And it's, that, what, that makes me worry the way the wording of that, whether it is a compulsion, compulsion to stay there to try to figure out what is going on because he does feel this connection and does is able to track some of the changes that is going on in IO. Or is it a the literally he wants to stay there because he because of the admiration feeling towards it? It it has to be a bit of both. Uh, of what I know of of Asher, of what has been presented so far, it has to be a bit of both. He's worried about him himself changing fully into a vex. But he is also there for the sake of one initially revenge, but now at this point it is the thing that is effectively keeping him there to continue to either unlock the mysteries of what Io was able to do to him, or at least what the Pyramidian was able to do to him. And just because Brachion's dead doesn't mean, of course, that the Pyramidian has lost any power, apparently. Right. So all of these functions have to be at least considered in that respect. Uh, I think that is why he's... I, I think overall it just comes down to him being a researcher, but also in a lot of ways being pulled by the Vex because of what he's transforming into. So again, I, I think it has to be a bit of both. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, there is, you know, we've seen 
We've seen the effect of Radiolora on Guardians, especially within Kabir, right? I mean, Kabir is obviously the other connection. Um, You know, what, what is, what, we, we don't know the full effect of that. Um, You know, this is, this argument can also, this argument can also be applied to Eris, you know, as well. mm -hmm. For, for funsies, we can at least say that we know what happens when, of X touches you versus what happens when you possibly drink it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yes, we, we know that. I mean, yes, that, that is a very valid distinction. Um, and the question that I have is if Brachion is able to completely replace an arm mm-hmm. with a Vex arm, why haven't we had more instances of this happening with people who have gone into the Pyramidian? So, what is suggested by this is it's at least possible that uh, Asher's armor was probably damaged at one point or another uh, and had his arm exposed because all of the instances that kind of are read by like vaults of glass armor uh, or even by some of the other armor is just don't touch them with bare skin. Okay. So at least the way that I've read that, of course, just indicates that he lost a portion of his armor, the harpy damaged it, ripped it off, something. Uh, I mean, if we we're taking it radi- as a harpy. I mean, we know the Radiolorian fluid is highly hallucinogenic. Right. Yeah, I'm going to say for, for all we know, it was something that I, I don't want to say that he like inhaled or anything, because we already know what happens <laughs> with uh, with, with uh, radiolaria or or silica or anything related to oh, that man. Uh, it's not fun and i think it would do a lot worse for him, but yeah the the fire team would have been under a lot more stress and a lot more problem if there was some kind of like hallucinogen that was put into the air well and i think right that we, I th- we don't have proof on that one right but i think that crazier. also kind of goes back to the silicon neuroma because, you know, kind of going back to this idea of what a neuroma is and, and a neuroma just, you know, is a scientific term for a tumor or a mass that grows from a right. nerve. Um, so if he, you know, let's be really grisly for a second and say that his arm was ripped off and Radiolora got into the into that wound or even if he was wounded and the Radiolora got into that wound, it could have formed a literal silicon neuroma and that that mass evolved into an arm. I mean, we don't know kind of going back to the original, you know, the, the, the point of the initial entry here, you know, lost lore being the Vex as radiolores. We don't, we, we know that there's a, there's at least a very distinct possibility that the Vex aren't radiolorians in and of themselves, but they do use radiolora. Like the radiolora fluid is their mind fluid, you know, the, the juice box, whatever you want to call it. Right. And they um, collect those as part of the patrol missions. Correct. The right. Right. And I mean, but I'm saying is like, and we know that with Radiolora, one of the things that they do is they build structure. Um, so, you know, in the argument, the Vex have always been described as, you know, living metal. Uh, and so if you kind of think about that, then it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that this arm is literally a Vex parasite growing on him i mean we kind of know it is a parasite but like the arm could literally be the vex like it could be an entity of a vex growing on him into him you know just kind of like that like a leech itself 
It could be a neuroma. Symbiosis. Yes, it could be a neuroma of Vex that is literally taking over his body, which, I mean, to be frank, is is kind of along the lines of what we do know so far. Well, and that goes along with the first word of it, which is silica neuroma. There's a there's a bit of a problem with silica. It doesn't really like to bond with carbon. It doesn't so, like to bond with much. No, e- even general. though apparently in in recent science we've figured out a way to actually get silica and carbon to bond. How is tenuous? Really? It, mm-hmm. it, it's tenuous at best, but I have read a few articles that have uh, backed up the findings. It was somewhere oh. over in Japan. Go figure. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, I've read a few things about it. It's very interesting. If, uh, yeah, if anything, they always, they always kind of seem like oil amazing. and water. Yeah, they they I guess really they're very like similar. Which which is kind of the interesting thing about radiolaria in general, however, because they're they're there's still a carbon basing, if you will, but they mm-hmm. have that silica uh, skeleton, and it's so odd to kind of find that mixing. We at least to my knowledge, have not found another organism that fits that bill. And it's just this this odd man out amongst uh, the rest of entomology. It's just very weird. It's very alien. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it comes from another world. Mm. But, uh, you know, that, that kind of goes along with the idea of the Vex, though, as well, where it, I've, I've always questioned, are the Vex just going about a protocol or going about a program, and that's all that there is to it? Or is it something where they effectively do uh, know what it is that's happening with themselves or otherwise? It, it it continues to be this question that I have with uh, the way that the Vex would would handle if they were programmed, if they were carrying out some kind of operation, if the Radiolaria actually told them to do something, this, that, the other thing, were we're left to to still question this even like three, four years later here on like how they actually interact with everything, what it is that they're actually being told to do. And we have Asher Mir now who is kind of a, a great uh, lead in to kind of understanding more and more of what goes into the Vex of what effectively their mindset is. And I think that's one of the most, at least for me, fascinating things about him. Osiris wasn't able to really give us much about it, except for, well, convergence is going to happen, so we better stop it. Thanks, Osiris. Can you give me anything else about them, like where they came from, anything like that? No? All right. We kind of knew where they came from, right? It just becomes a Crota. The lore behind it. Oh, Crota. Blame him for everything. (laughs) I totally... That jerk was... That jerk needs to be blamed for pretty much everything. (laughs) But it's this uh, it's this constant back and forth that I have like that at one point it feels like the Vex are are in control at another. It feels like they're in control, but just excuse me, just following a program. And Mm -hmm. if I take it from the instance of that, then what they're doing for Asher is uh, if he did lose his arm or anything like that. They're following that program of altering the imperfection. And there's, of course, in essence, especially if it comes down to convergence, that is their uh, whole programming line. That is their end game. Uh, but for to, to kind of see it in this regard and 
we don't necessarily know the spread at which it's uh, occurring to either his ghost or to uh or to Asher himself but we know that he was able to like cut his finger and he started to bleed radiolaria so it's a slow convergence or slow uh transference from a woken body into a vex body and now the question is did the vex mean to do that with a purpose of getting rid of him or was it that they're just following protocol and that's possibly what makes the vex even more dangerous yep i agree and i I think that goes back into the idea of like are the vex i mean this kind of goes into the bigger argument with the vex are they you know kind of what you're saying is are they are they programs are they are they just machines or are they actually living beings with a degree of free will and you know able for self-aware you know self-awareness and everything like that like even even if it's at the high echelons of the hive mind is there a degree of free will allowed in the vex programming because you know i can see i can see the argument of like a true hive mind you know uh, like uh ants or bees you know the drones don't necessarily have a degree of independent thought necessarily but the queen, you know, or the queen bee or the queen ant always kind of has that that drive, that direction that it, it imposes upon the drones. Is that the same with the Vex or is the Vex literally, you know, we we put in the binary code and didn't put an escape path and oops. I, I mean, as far as the Vex actually trying to convert a guardian in general, which I find the most the most interesting aspect of this whole discussion is the idea of how do you take a creature who is self-sufficient, self-independent, and convert them? If the Vex are completely a hive mind type creature, how do you convert them, a guardian who is a self-sufficient creature, to an extent? I know there's some debate upon that aspect itself, but how do you convert a guardian into a vex without losing the actual self-sufficiency of that guardian itself? You know, but I'm, I guess my, my argument, and I think this is kind of what beard was trying to say too, is that I don't know. And this is kind of the dangerous thing, right? Is we don't know that they care about losing the self-sufficiency because to the to what we see in the vex with the idea of converting this and that's going back to the osiris thing that's what makes the the idea of this convergence so dangerous is it's not a matter of we're right you're wrong it's a matter of where we are going to correct the error that is in you and that is in order to do that you become one of us you know it's the one of us one of us one of us type mentality if that's the case, why don't they try that with every guardian they come across? I mean, who's Asher to say that they the, haven't? Well, Asher's the first I mean, one they've ever actually succeeded on. Well, well and that's, uh, I yeah. think, because there's not many of them that have exposed skin. Yeah, you, I think that goes back to that exactly. I think Asher like was we, a happy accident. Yeah, mm. uh, we, we have to look at it from the fact that our guardians are still in need of stuff like oxygen, this, that, the other thing. Otherwise, if we get to the Dreadnought, we wouldn't need a helmet. Right. And with how ripped open it was when we ended up getting blown off of the uh, off Era's ship at that point, we needed a helmet to still breathe. 
and it was put onto us by Ghost, or we quickly did so when we got fired out of the cockpit. Uh, but what I mean by that, of course, is that we're we're in need of these uh, of our armor, regardless of what it looks like, needing to be airtight in a lot of ways. Uh, or or at least the helmet necessarily kind of needs to be. And even then, the body should be completely covered if we're talking the vacuum of space. Well, here. that's assuming we need oxygen at all as sort of lich-like characters that have been reconstituted multiple I mean, times. The other, the other thing is we might need, we might need oxygen in the immediate sense. Um, like, we need oxygen to remain active, but we're not worried about dying of asphyxiation. Because we'll just get resurrected, well, we food, right? But we do on pleasure's sake. Well, and this goes back to a conversation I was just having on Twitter not long ago about, uh, realistically, the revival of Guardians and why it is that we don't end up getting a hold of our memories again. Is it the the theory behind, well, the Traveler doesn't want us to remember what's going on? Or is it because the brain doesn't have the capacity to necessarily remember memory being dead for a while, mm-hmm. but by all accounts, the nervous system can be reproduced to at least restore basic motor and speech because of things like muscle memory. Uh, these are the things that are, are are questioned when it comes down to resurrection, and we we don't necessarily know, but I'm going to go by the theory and understanding that we can eat and drink, that we have some kind of metabolic need. And for a lot of metabolic need in carbon, that requires oxygen. That's fair. And I think the other thing, too, is there's a difference between a synaptic path and muscle memory to a degree. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they both operate on synaptic pathways, of course, but muscle memory has a much more holistic role where that where uh, memory is purely you know supposedly I, i'm on thin ice well, on this one memory is <laughs> pull uh, is is generally assumed wholly synaptic firings right or of a, a degree a degree of that is like whereas muscle memory you involve the whole body in doing an event a memory right. can be done just in your head Memory yeah. is a synaptic pathway that has been constituted that is right. revisited time to time. I mean, that's, or never again, right? But I mean, if it's a memory, you've constituted it enough to be able to recall it from time to time. It doesn't necessarily involve multiple things beyond that initial synaptic response. Correct, but unless and, it is yep. perfectly and, recalled, it uh-huh. is never done the same way right. again. And I was go for it, go for it. I was, I was going to say the other, <laughs> the other, the other thing with the other thing with memories is, and this is why I don't have a, a as annoying as it is, I don't have a huge problem with the memory lapse in Guardians, is because the other thing with memory is even in our own life, like even just in the short span of time that humans currently have on this planet, we can see in our brains synaptic decay. Um, right. For example, kid and Green, you probably know this too. Uh, example: kids who don't use musical instruments, you can literally mm-hmm. see that part of the brain l- almost literally wither up. 
it doesn't well, get used. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's that's a drought. It's, it's an over. Yeah, it's. But like, if you don't use a part of your brain, the body just—I mean—you lose it. Like it, it becomes right. very difficult and almost, in some cases, impossible for a a adult who never was exposed to you know learning how to read music. It becomes very difficult. That's why kids, it young kids. Be. Well, right, right, right. There's there are obviously outliers, but that's why very young children um, can pick up extra languages so fast is because mm-hmm. all the synaptic uh, pathways are are pretty much you know there for the taking. Whereas right. down the road, if you haven't if you haven't used that aspect of your brain, you know even even in the short like what is it like seven years um, or eight years that that. Uh, the firing path is already set. It's already particularly trans. It's already particularly set in a specific pattern. So breaking out of that pattern is much more difficult. Um, it can be. Right. I mean, the idea of is writing like the old adage. It's like writing, writing a, a bike. bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can. M- most adults can pick up riding a bike again after a little while. It does take a little bit of practice because you're having to reforge some of those pathways. It's just the concept of there's going to be a bit of a barrier because you haven't had those muscle motor skills mm-hmm. for a while. So you have to rebuild that that synapsis, that bridge again. Right. And I, I guess the thing with that is that, again, that, that ties into muscles, um, which <clears throat> tact, uh, tact, tactically, God, man, tacitly, um, mm-hmm. I am having trouble with words tonight. Um, tacitly, it is there's a there's that physical component which allows for a a crisper and um, quicker recall. Whereas if you're if you're talking about which is why you like for for anyone who's ever played a piano, you know, or played a musical instrument in general, if you haven't played for a number of years and you sit down, there's always that oh one gosh. there's that one song that you can never get out of your freaking head um Mm -hmm. and you can like sit down and immediately you might not know how to play anything else but you can play that that stupid song i can Um, say that for for certain yeah i've you burned into my memory for some reason mine mine is i have trouble with yeah mine is the imperial march which i'm not entirely upset about (laughs) i'm not entirely upset about it but i can like i can literally i can sit down at a piano and i don't even know like i mean i can read music pretty well but like I can't, I I have no illusions that I could play the piano as well as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. But I can I can bang out the Imperial March on the piano without like without hesitation. Um, and it's mostly because I just drilled it into my my brain. Uh, and you know, and that's the thing is, it's I I don't even think. You know, that's that's how you can tell it's true muscle memory. Uh, riding bikes, you know, rollerblading, um, a lot of sports actually the 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 actions that you can driving to work everyone knows that one um if you've ever driven to work and not remembered how you got there welcome to muscle memory like that's that's muscle memory 101 right there if you do something and you don't think about it and you know you do it not even well you just get it done that's muscle memory but memory memory is a completely different animal uh, and that's what, I mean, you know, this is something I can go on for hours on because this is, this is where psychology really gets in my mind, um, really interesting. Um, but you know, again, to kind of 
pull the reins back back a little bit um, and get it back into line with Asher. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that, to be bluntly honest. My muscle memory it, it is not that good because I'm not good at segues. It, it really <laughs> just it really just comes down to like how the Vex are now affecting him like fully fair and to kind of, Oh yeah. That's like how his, like how his nervous system, how anything is being changed as he goes by synaptic paths. Absolutely. And are, are those synaptic paths also being affected by space and time now at this point, we don't know. He doesn't necessarily even know. And he's describing all these different effects that are, that are kind of, happening to him he's telling them to eris in letters he's he's effectively saying stuff like hey i'm starting to kind of feel good about what the vex are doing in a way not really but i am is that weird should i feel Mm -hmm. weirded out by that you know this this kind of weird stuff that's happening with him it makes me think of a beautiful mind yeah just just about actually i mean sort of it's a a good connection yeah be the because that's the one where he he has the hallucinations, right? Right. Well, I think it right because he that's because then he he at the end when he just accepts it and he's like, yep. does anyone else see this person? And everyone's like, yeah, we see him. He's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes. Yeah. The problem is, is that we're going from a character who supposedly, well, okay, I'm assuming that awoken biology has iron based blood to a silicone-based blood, which, granted, silicone would be a faster transmuter of neuro, like neuropathy. Mm-hmm. I'm not neuropathy, but it's neurotic. Just a, uh, it's a faster transmitter of information in general. Right. Which would be amazing as far as like an actual trans... If you're going to transmute into anything, transmute into a silicone-based creature because that would make you able to process things much faster compared to the iron-based characters that we are currently. That's assuming that Awoken are still iron-based, but it just just makes so many... There's so many questions. There's so many questions with Asher, which makes... I love Asher and the fact that he is the crotchety old... Okay, I honestly have a view of him as... God, what's the guy's name? He is the old Wild Wild West guy who did the movie about the kids on it. It's it's essentially the kids on this lawn. It's not. I can't think of his name. My grandpa used to watch him all the time. Anyway, he's the crotchety old man who's like, oh, get off are you my thinking lawn. Clint Eastwood? Yes. All thank right. you. Oh, see, see, I totally see him as as Carl from Up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, Carl from Up, Carl from up is essentially Clint Eastwood, but slightly well, that's true. Down. That's, that's like, true. Carl has a nicer side to him. Clint Eastwood's <laughs> like, somebody get my gun, right? You know, that, that's the that's the big difference, I'd say there. But which is sure, which is what Asher would be if he could be type thing. I mean, let's be honest. What are you saying? If he you. could hold a gun, no, he can hold a gun. It's called Sex Mythoclass. Get out of here. Hey, he hasn't. He hasn't shown that. He has not shown that. He just complains about headaches constantly because of the freaking cabal mining <laughs> system that comes in every 15 minutes, which, by the way, I timed it. It's every 15 minutes that that comes in, and he gets a migraine every 15 minutes. That poor guy. Asher no has a serious, serious problem. No wonder yeah, he's well, grumpy. 
I'm, I'm gonna say between the migraines and the and the and the radiolaria taking over oh the system, God. I think he's got a reason or five. Yeah. Asher is the Clint Eastwood of the Destiny universe for sure. Yeah. At least in the grumpy sense, not the are are you are you sure you want to do that, punk? Oh, I'm sure he okay. Well maybe. I'm giving him a lot of credit by saying that he would seriously do that kind of aspect. Like say, mm-hmm. do you really want to do that punk you little hunter war hunter warlock titan punk type thing? You wanna get on my lawn type thing? Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's Asher I think is a little bit more resolved to let people come near him, even well, if he why... does have a, a headache. That's that's why I say that uh he's more he's more of a Carl than he is uh than he is an Eastwood. I think that that kind of fits it Of course now better. now you say that I'm standing right in front uh-huh. of him and with yeah. the hairstyle that he has, I'm like now I can oh, see yeah. I now I can see the Eastwood figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can see his right. face. I'm like oh, Don't okay. think Marty McFly though. Don't uh, man don't do with that. no name. But, yep, man with no name. Mm. Just give him a poncho. You're good to go. Actually, no. actually no. So, okay, hang on. Hawthorne is the only one who can support that in Destiny. I will say I, okay, that. Poncho. And I kind of want that poncho. I really I guess, want that poncho. I guess that's fair, but actually looking at him, and, and I forgot about this, but one of the, the other things that Eastwood was fairly known for was like a just a, a rawhide... Uh, uh, leather leather coat. So mm-hmm. maybe that maybe that is what they were going for. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I would just like to. I say, mean, he does have he I does would, have the bombardier blue eyes. He does. Yeah, but that's, like a, that's that. the awoken thing. <laughs> that's the awoken thing. I will say that that's the awoken thing. I would I would like to say that I would love to have that coat. Even even IRL, I want that coat. Mm-hmm. But you will also notice, actually, now that I look again, and I didn't even pick up on this. He doesn't necessarily have any any uh, sleeves on that coat. It looks like it's a it's a it's a shirt underneath it. So I can't he's, imagine he's why. Really ill-equipped. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's he's really ill-equipped. Maybe that's maybe he's that's why for the bodybuilder. <laughs> maybe that's why we brought him a one-arm sweater. Oh wow! <laughs> See, I have so many problems. With the dawning this. And that I'm was one say, of them that made me so sad. That, that, that and the give her fail safe, giving her freaking earrings. Oh. It's like, oh my god, guys, really. I'm gonna say as soon as the as soon as the dark half went, uh what am I, what am I gonna to do, do with, with these? <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Hysterical. <laughs> Hysterical oh. but terrible all at the same time. Oh my god. <clears throat> Oh, one arm well. sweater. I didn't even get that one. Now I feel really <laughs> I nearly oh. died. I nearly died oh when that was God. the gift. I you was like, message me, Beard. <laughs> That's how excited he was about that one. He messaged me about that. It's like, oh, Asher had a one arm sweater. I'm like, God, Beard. What did, what did we do? Did we make it out of freaking. Dex Plasteel and Radio uh, Thread. I'll have to, I'll have to, cool, look, I'll have to look up my notes because I did make a note of what it was made out of. Oh, it was, God. Uh, awesome. uh, what was it? It was um, Lattice. I think it was Data Lattice. I'll have to, I'll have to look my notes up. Uh, but yeah, worse. it was, it was something, but it was, yeah, it was something, it was either that or it was spin, spin, uh, spin glass 
or whatever the okay. the fibers spin were. Foil? The face glass. No, not spin foil. It's the it's the, the, uh, the face glass. Face glass. glass. Yeah, because you can. Yeah. Um, one of the glasses that you could get it's either phase glass or um oh what's the other the other kind of metallic thing it's not dust crystals there's another one that um, you can you can make dark light in- crystals no not the dark light crystals um I mean, we took alkaline. we took zavala's yeah, alkaline. I think was the other yeah, one. Alkaline. One of there's there's two of them that you can make fabric out of. Interestingly enough, um, and phase glass was one of them. But yeah, <laughs> we took Zavala's knitting class <laughs> <laughs> and made a sweater for. Oh, that's so sad. A Zavala would have a knitting class and be that we would make a sweater for Asher. Oh well, we know that he had one in Destiny One. Those who wish to attend Zavala's knitting class will come to the hangar at. Oh, that was. I miss. I I miss the PA announcements so much from Destiny mm-hmm. One. But speaking mm-hmm. speaking of the PA announcements, do you guys want to look at a couple of the dispatches that we got? Yeah, we got, we got a couple of good ones. Bad at segue. Hey, look at I nailed that one. Except I called it out, so it's not really a segue anymore. Anyways, it's kind of a segue. Dispatches received from the wilds. Oh, man. All right. So we got actually a couple that I really, um, really, really actually like. Uh, First off, Taylor B., I wanted to give a big shout out. We do have his email up on our website. If you guys have not had a chance to give that a look over, that is in response to the EXO episode. Um, mm-hmm. and it's really good. I need to, um, when I get a free moment, I'm going to try to respond to it. But if you guys do want to, he has, he sent me a message and he said that he's more than happy to see anyone's thoughts or comments on that one. So you can just throw a comment over on the website. And then, uh, my understanding is green. You'll have to correct me here if this is incorrect, but Hiko has a number of submissions that we are going to be putting up on the website as well. Is that? Yes. Okay. He go send me his entire folder on Google Drive okay. to put up on on our website. So the first one that he sent me was his uh, poetry on the Titan Wall, which okay. is quite interesting, actually. So, all right. So we'll I'll work to get that put up. Um, and then we have a email from Firegug that is a response to the nine episode, and he says. Hello, all. I just listened to the recent nine episode, and in the middle of binary stars, black holes, and trees falling in the void, I thought of the double slit experiment as it relates to light. Uh, And that is, he says, yes, big and little L. Uh, The idea being that light behaves differently when observed or recorded or when it isn't, as if the light has a consciousness. Uh, Curious as to your thoughts, Dead Orbit Hunter approved. Yes, Dead Orbit Hunter here. So can I explain the double slit yes, experiment real please, quick? Please, so please do. So the double slit experiment is the experiment that both ex- both proved that light is a wave and a particle. It is the experiment that had two little slits, exactly what it says, two little slits that light traveled through and it created a wave pattern as well as provided the evidence for a particle pattern on a a template for to come up against the idea that light l big l and little l light 
behaves differently when observed or not observed or when it isn't observed. Interesting. That, I mean, that calls into questions the ethics of the big L and little L light to me. Because that is what I think about when we uh, when we distinguish between big L and little L light. The physics side of me thinks that um, the light is the same across the board. Because light, if light is a wave pattern and a particle pattern, as far as the experiment, if he's if he's comparing it to the experiment itself, big L light being a the ability to create an an ethical construct and it's and sorry this one's this one I need to actually think about a little bit more because it brings up a lot of questions for me do you want me to put this one up on the website for you know, a conversation that would be good. okay that we would can be totally good. do that as be- far as like debating it physically because the big L, little L, if it's light in the spectrum, if he's calling into question the light in the spectrum, whether or not it would behave the same, I would say that would, yes, it would still behave the same because you're still dealing with the spectrum within the infrared and ultraviolet spectrum if we're mm-hmm. calling into the question the scientific aspects of it. But if we're calling into the mystical and ethical spectrum, that would bring up a lot more questions. It's almost, mind. it's almost like it has a symmetry. Oh, see, I, I mean, because I mean, going going to the ethical, but I mean, that. going into the ethical aspects of a double slit experiment, that's exactly what it would be, right? I mean, you it have can. you have a good and an evil. Mm, you have it a can. It would uh, just have the the binary aspect to it. I guess that would prove true. that it is a wave that fluctuates. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll put that one up on the website and we'll let Green think about her answers. Does that sound fair? Sounds fair to me. <laughs> okay. Well, the other one is not such a not such a review of an episode, but more of an update from Millie. So we haven't heard from Millie in a while. Um, so real quick, this is our, our good friend, Millie, uh, who has, who has, well, I'll just read the update because he, he kind of says what's been going on. It says, hey, FFC, it's been a while since I've written and hopefully you still remember me. Spoilers, we still remember you. Um, just wanted, <laughs> Just wanted to drop in and let you know that Sleepy and I are both still playing Destiny 2 on a regular basis, almost every day. She's still on her hunter, and she's becoming a pretty good player. From yes. Taking... <laughs> I thought you would if appreciate that If I remember that correctly, Millie, Millie is a Titan. Yes, he's the, one, he's the one that tried yes. to get Sleepy to play a Titan, and she was uh-huh. like, nope, I'm playing Hunter. And she went to Hunter, which I went, <laughs> yes, you are my lady. I oh. fully support this decision. Really, there was only one good choice, and she didn't make either of them. You know, either of them didn't pick the good choice, so you're just going to have to deal with it, Beard. It's fine. I guess so. It just means somebody's not getting alcohol if I ever meet them. That's all. <laughs> so he's from taking two hours to complete Homecoming to consistently beating the prestige Nightfall, she has come a long way. 
One of my friends and fellow clan mates prefers to do the Prestige Nightfall with her and our team over any of our other D1 veteran players. That was that's Burn. that's that's high praise. Like that's pretty impressive. I'm still listening to the podcast every week and still debating getting on Discord every week. You should get on Discord. Maybe one of these days I actually will. A Vex that had, or uh, let me see, uh, just to put a little input on the upcoming topic, I think that Asher will fully transform into a Vex. A Vex that has the light and therefore the Vex will learn to simulate it through their connection with Asher. Everything will be... something else I wanted to bring up. <laughs> Every, everything will be screwed and D3 will just be a fresh start. will be actually all just a simulation. Just kidding, but it could be an interesting direction to go. Um, Sleepy's birthday is coming up in less than a month and I got her a birthday present that I've been dying to tell someone about, but either don't trust them not to tell her or they don't play Destiny. My mom was a little <laughs> confused about it. If this ends up getting read on the show, don't read it because she might find out. Shh, it's a, I redacted it. Uh, cost me a pretty penny, and I think she will love it. I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> that was, yes, I have. I have okay. it in there. It's redacted by blue. Um, yep. This is all that I have for this time. I hope you all are doing well and hanging in there. Never let up the great work. And congrats on the Lord Network. It sounds amazing. Till next time, Millie. Okay, Millie, you are a complete and utter jerk for sending in this email before she gets the opportunity <laughs> to hear it. Because if she hears this podcast, she's going to assume she's going to hear the answer to what she's going to be getting. But Blue redacted it per your I'm, instructions. I'm, so I am trying to help the man, okay? I am trying. So I know. I know you, it's not your fault. It's Millie's fault. I'm going to completely throw it on him. Sir, you are going to be, and I'm going to do this on behalf of her because I'm sure she's going to be frustrated as well. But, sir, you are a complete and utter jerk because you sent this in with the answer to what you're going to be getting her, but you didn't. And it's amazing, by the way. I can't even see it because (laughs) Blue redacted it in our show notes, so I don't even know what it is. Millie, 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 it's a good job. Good job. I think you fully approve of the gift. (laughs) Millie, <laughs> sir, as somebody that also does not know what the gift is, A plus trolling. Definitely yes. good on the nine games. Yes. This you is just a earned troll. yourself a shot if I do meet you, good sir. This is an ultimate troll. It doesn't matter if you're a Titan. This is good. Wait, what? Because he's a Titan, that means he's not as good as trolling as warlocks are? Is that what I'm hearing from you? Because No, the the whole, whole idea was is that because they're a Titan and a hunter, I wasn't going to buy them any alcohol at all if I ever happened to meet them. But because of this A-plus trolling, <laughs> he at least has earned a shot. The hunter still has yet to redeem themselves. Okay. You, know what, you know what, hun? Okay. <laughs> Sleepy, you get a shot from me. You don't go to Beard because Beard is kind of a stuck-up little warlock man who is an Asher lover. I will give you a shot. The only reason I'm an Asher lover is because he's the only one that makes any freaking sense in this game anymore. He's a crotchety old man. That's why he loves him. It's fine. I still yes, think that we and- should get Beard a one-arm sweater. Yes. Oh my god, that Just would be amazing. Say- I kind of want to buy Guardian, one from like CCPs and just, just re-crochet rip, it. Rip the arm better off. Better do that and... before, they, uh, they, before they go out of business. Uh, right? That's true. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's true. I bet you could get a good deal oh, from Toys R... Oh, wait. No, oh, they're no. shut down too. But actually, they... actually, there's a guy that was looking to buy them. 
and he was really? going to save like hundred stores Why? or something. I was like, "What? That store isn't even worth it anymore." I know. <laughs> oh man! So loved love the the dispatches this week. Um, let's go real quick. Final shout or final comments, shout outs. Beard, what do you got for us? Uh, actually, a big shout out to uh, Mr. Justin Justin because you know. I haven't been able to talk to him longer than five minutes on a podcast, uh, <laughs> but he is definitely missed. Uh, and it is, you know, fa- family will always and ever come first in my mind on anything. Uh, it yes. gets in front of my uh, ability to create content, contrary to what uh, Green had said at the top of the show where <laughs> she was, you know, you know. This is the reason that Beard is so slow at actually making content. <laughs> you know I love to poke at you. And, and by the wonders, way... What... And she wonders why I'm old and crotchety you know, at this point. It's, yeah, it's, it's just her ex- fault. Just ex- it's my fault. It's God, I'm fault. in Colorado. Why am I affecting you? <laughs> um, the reason why Beard's mes- messaging about Justin or mentioning about Justin is Justin actually had to take off because his little his son actually was having a hard time going to sleep and so Justin mm. had to take off early just in case any of you noticed that he disappeared again this week that is the reason why that has happened currently yup that was uh, that that was the reason and it's a shame because we only really get to to make fun of him for snakes, and then it seems like he gets tired of it and runs away. <laughs> no. But to be I fair, to be fair, I did populate the notes early so that he would be aware that I was going to <laughs> yes. make fun of him for snakes. He did know ahead of time because Blue also messaged him in chat to say, "Hey, just I put check the, out the just, notes." Just FYI, Justin doesn't look at the show notes before the night of the show, so. Blue having had mentioned that, hey, I may have put this in here before <laughs> that Justin noticed it back on like Wednesday before Friday's show recording. I was I was Justin. being considerate. <laughs> really? Were you? No, not really. I just really uh-huh. wanted his I really wanted a response from him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just, you know what? Shout out to Blue for actually being able to read the new cards at some point this week. I know. Um, It was about the only thing that I was able to do video game wise this week. I was going to I was going to mention that in my shout outs. It's like I get a message before the show starts from you guys like, do you want to talk about the update? I'm like, sure. I have no idea what you're going to say, but let's talk about it. Just talk yeah. about like the very I saw, general I saw a funny it. YouTube video where a warlock committed suicide by running into a oh wall. Oh my god, the warlock! <laughs> but stuff that's pretty is so much that's pretty much the only thing I know about the update. Makes me so let me, I'm not a warlock. Let right me now. tell you from firsthand experience, <laughs> it's hysterically fun. <laughs> and the amount of times I've launched myself off of that small freaking map known as Mercury is oh my unbelievable. God. Which one, the burnout map? No, just no, just, just patrol. I think because like it's so tiny. Oh god, yeah. Like Bungie, if you're gonna make another world, can you make it actually explorable, please? <laughs> hey, I'm glad they made that small because we can't use sparrows on it. Oh, well, yeah. look, they but you get interceptors. Give us the ability mm. to go ahead and utilize our sparrows. And I mean, come on, you should be the one pushing for this because of one big reason: you're a hunter. It's true. So, 
It's true. You just, I use I just, the I just use I'm the just little launch pads essentially from back from one side I'm, of the map to the other. Yeah, but that still that still causes problems with like the stuff in between. <laughs> All I'm fine. saying is, is that you can't jump at this point. You need to get on my level and and deal with it. Okay? Wait, wait. Did you say I can't jump? Did <laughs> you, a warlock, say you that I, jump. a hunter, can't yes. jump? You oh all right? The warlock can now oh say you can't jump. The floofer is the floofer's throwing the glove down. I know. The floofer. The floofer is officially I a, better. I need off. another drink to make this to make this make sense because I. I'm sorry. The floofer who doesn't actually jump, who just glides himself from one spot to another, is telling me that I can't jump. I'm sorry, honey, but that doesn't work for me. Nope, nope, nope. This is this is how it's going to end up working now. So, uh, uh-uh. isn't that nope. the, isn't that nope. the funny thing? Nope, 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 nope. Can't nope. Jump. I would say can't other jump. things, but I would get in way too much oh, trouble know. on Twitter. Trust me. But I'm nope. trying. I'm trying to keep myself as PG as possible. But you know what? Hunters oh my god! Trigger, jump. you the also are going to get it from me later. You better not start that. You nope. better not start Mm-mm. that, son. Look, all right. Look, the Titans can sit in the corner because they're basically finally <laughs> the on chat, warlock level. The chat's like so, as there we go. The chat's as per usual. The warlock and hunter compete, and the Titan munches popcorn. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Sal, that's a good one. Oh. That's a good one, Sal. Uh, Green, do you have any? Anyway. Do you have any shoutouts or beer? Do you have any yeah. more shoutouts? Uh, just, just, uh, one more at this point, I think, um, that now I forgot. So never mind. Uh, mine's out to St. 14 Project again. If you haven't found them on Twitter, please try to find them on Twitter. I think they're at, uh, St. 14 Project and they have a Discord channel. So if you are listening to this, I know I had somebody who messaged me earlier this week who was asking to find, uh, more information about it. If you look for at 14 project, I believe they have their discord channel linked into their information on their Twitter. And you can jump in there yourself. If you'd like to, that is the St. 14 project that talks about mental health and like how to handle it within different situations, whether or not you are somebody who's um, participates in having the aspects of mental health that happens to everybody, because, you know, let's just be honest, mental health, depression, all the different things happen to everybody. They have aspects to help you with that, as well as helping you work through somebody who, somebody else who may have to deal with mental health aspects. I know somebody that the person who mentioned me mentioned to me in just in Twitter about the mental health, mental health aspect. I'm sorry. This is a hard thing to talk about for me. Um, They were talking about their mother. And so they have they have aspects to help you with that as well. So if you need to reach out to somebody about anybody in your situation or anybody that you know that you're not sure how to handle about mental health, please reach out to St. 14 Project. They're coming up with a, there's a stream coming up pretty soon, as well as they have a lot of people to be able to talk to about the whole situation. So that's my shout out for this week. Blue, what about you? <clears throat> Uh, just a big shout out for the next topic is going to be uh, actually a break from Destiny. We're going to be doing the summary for the extra lore of March, which was over Monster Hunter. 
Um, and that yeah. is the explanation for that schedule change is all up on the website. But basically, uh, we're kind of trying to align so that we can still get podcast episodes out every week for everyone um, with the the uh, the increasing demands of reality. I guess it would be the easiest way to put that. Um, basically real life sucks. Um, and it gets in the way of real life fun. happens. Yeah. Real life happens. Uh, it gets in the way of us having fun, but we still want to give you guys, uh, the episodes you'll notice for me, these last couple of weeks, I haven't been able to get the game streams because of work schedule. Um, there's just a lot going on. April is a really going to be a tough month. March has been a really tough month. Just in the business that I'm in um, and that my wife is in, these are the pretty much the crunch time months of the year. So free time is a is a high commodity that we don't have a lot of. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to do a slight change there. So next um, next topic is going to be, like I said, the summary for the extra lore. The polls are up uh, and that is not just for the next week's chat or well not next week but the next focus fire chat which will be a destiny topic uh but also for the next extra lore as well as the next book club uh the book club has been moved over to the website fully um if you guys i think march's book was a song of ice and fire if you guys have any comments that that page is up it will continue to be up but it's not being taken down um and then any of the previous book clubs the nice thing about having those on the website is that they are going to be up permanently now. So if you have comments, if you want to go back and have a conversation about any of the books that we've covered, I think we've done, um, on the website, I think we've only done, we are Bob and a song of ice and fire. Uh, we've so, done about 10 different ones in discord, right? Yeah. We've done several in discord and actually the historical aspect is one of the biggest reasons we looked at moving it over to the website because it just helps um, because like we we did one month over uh, Ready Player One and you know that movie is out is the movie's out right it's it was out tonight or last night Thursday Thursday night it released and it was out today okay so yeah so um, so I mean that's still pretty relevant uh, and so going forward we're going to have those available uh, on the website I'm trying to push as much content onto the website to allow for continuous conversations if anyone you know has a little bit of a rougher schedule that doesn't focus on those month or week resets um, other than that nothing really big we are continuing to work with building up the lore network uh, that has uh, kind of taken off I'm really excited to see where that one's going um, big shout out to green for all her help on that and yeah that's pretty much it uh, let's run through an outro real quick and then we'll stay for a little bit of an after show because I think there's a bit of an argument between our warlock and hunter going on that might need to get settled so Give us one second to run through the outro. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. 
Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. Thank you.